Alright, let's continue with the speech of the jinn. What did they say? Verse number 11, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the jinn said, that وَأَنَّا مِنَّا الصَّالِحُونَ وَأَنَّا and that indeed we, minna, from among us, are as-salihun, the righteous ones. There are among us righteous ones, meaning there are among the jinn, those who are righteous, obedient, believing. Wa minna, and among us are duna dhalik, other than that. Which is the opposite of salih. And who would that be? Mubsid. Right? One who is corrupt. Fajir. One who commits sin. But notice how they say, وَمِنَّا دُونَ ذَلِكَ There are amongst us those who are different. Those who are not so righteous. Those who are not righteous. Again, in their speech we see that they were very respectful. I mean, yes, they called Iblis Safi. Right? But when they spoke about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how they said that they didn't associate evil directly to him, right? And then we see over here that they're very respectful in their speech. وَأَنَّا مِنَّا الصَّالِحُونَ وَمِنَّا دُونَ ذَلِكَ كُمْنَا We are طَرَائِقَ قِدَدًا طَرَائِقَ We are of ways that are قِدَد That are divided. طَرَائِقَ is a plural of طَرِيقَة And what does طَرِيقَة mean? Way, method. Have you heard of the term madhab? Right, the methodology, the way people do something. So we are of ways that are qidad. Qidad is a plural of the word qidda. And qidda means that which is different, diverse. And remember that the root of this word is qaf dal dal. Remember the story of Yusuf a.s. If the shirt is qudda, if it is ripped. So qadda is to rip something lengthwise. Now if you tear or rip something lengthwise, you're taking both pieces where? In opposite directions. Something that was one is now two. So, We are of divided different ways. Just as human beings are of different types, different kinds, meaning of different religions, there are amongst the jinn also, those who are of different religions. Some are Muslim, and some are not. There is a hadith in Sahih Muslim in which we learn that the Prophet ﷺ, he said to the people that in Medina there are jinn who have become Muslim. Who have become Muslim. What does that mean? That previously they were not. They were something else. They followed a different religion. They were on a different tariqah. And now they have accepted Islam. The jinn said, and indeed we, we used to think that Allah that never nurjiz Allah fil ard. We lanna. You see the word lan when it's followed by an. What does it mean? To assume and think. Is that what the meaning is? No. When it's followed by an, it means we were certain, certainty. So anna lanna, meaning we are certain. We know this for sure. That Allah That we can never cause Allah any failure upon the earth. Nu'jiza. I'jaz is to defeat someone, to cause them failure, to make them fail. So we know for a fact that we can never cause failure to Allah upon the earth. Upon the earth, because this earth belongs to who? Allah. So we can never outrun Him. 
we can never escape from his grasp. We can never avoid his decree in the earth. And yes, the jinn, they can go beyond the earth also. They can go in the skies also. So they say, وَلَنُّعْجِزَهُ And that we can never escape him by haraba, by flight, by running away, by fleeing. Harab haraba. What does harab mean? It's basically running away. And it's used for when a criminal runs away after having done something wrong. You know when somebody's done something wrong, how do they run? Can you picture it in your head? How a person is running after they have done something wrong. This is harab. So they say that we know for a fact that in the earth we can never run away from Allah. And if we try to leave the earth, go somewhere else, even then we can never run away from Allah. In other words, we know that we are in Allah's full control. We can never escape Him. We cannot run away from Him. We could go up to the heavens, but we can never escape the heavens. And in Surah Al-Rahman, Ayah 33, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this, that, يَا مَعْشَرَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ إِنِ اسْتَطَعْتُمْ أَن تَنْفُذُوا مِنْ أَقْطَارِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ فَانْفُذُوا That, O oh, assembly of jinn and men, if you're able to escape the boundaries of the heavens, then go ahead and try. لَا تَنْفُذُونَ إِلَّا بِسُلْطَانِ You will not be able to do that. Except with Sultan, meaning the ability that Allah gives you. So, haraba. So here we see the jinn admitting their weakness before Allah, realizing that they are Allah's servants within His grasp. And this is why they say that wa anna lama samirna al-huda, and indeed when we heard guidance, amanna bihi, we believed in it. Because when a person realizes that they are Allah's servant, that they belong to Allah, they are Allah's slave, they are, you know, property of Allah, then it's easy to submit to Allah. It's easy to surrender to Allah willingly. So the jinn, they say that once we heard guidance, we believed in it. We didn't have any difficulty in accepting the guidance that Allah sent. Which guidance is this? The Qur'an. When they heard the Qur'an, they believed in it. And then they say, فَمَن يُؤْمِن بِرَبِّهِ So whoever believes in his Lord, فَلَا يَخَافُ Then he will not fear بَخْسًا Any deprivation وَلَا and nor رَهَقَ Any burden. Because what happens is that when a person wishes to believe in Allah, wishes to believe in Allah's command, obey Allah, follow the guidance that Allah has sent, then does he have some fear? Does shaitan put some fear? Yeah. What is that fear? You're not going to get anything out of this. You're only going to suffer. This is such a huge risk that you're taking. So what are the jinn saying? That the one who believes in his Lord, then he is doing something that is risk-free. Because he will not fear from his Lord any bakhs. What is bakhs? Bakhs is loss, reduction, diminishing of something. So he should not expect from his Lord any reduction of what? Of reward for the good that he has done. He should only expect good and more good from his Lord. وَلَا رَهَقَ and he should not fear from his Lord any rahaq. What is rahaq? Burden. We did this word earlier also in the surah, that fazaduhum rahaqa. And what does that mean? 
when people sought refuge in the jinn, they were afraid of the jinn, this increased them in their oppression or in their rebellion. So, وَلَا رَهَقَ Meaning he will not fear any oppression, any injustice from his Lord. His Lord will be fair towards him. This statement of the jinn, what does it show? How their belief in Allah is so positive, so correct, that we heard guidance, we believed in it, and you know what? Whoever believes in their Lord, then they should not expect any loss. Because who are they believing in? The master of this universe. Who are they becoming obedient to? The Lord of this universe. So why should they expect or fear any loss? And they should not fear any oppression from Allah either. That Allah will be unfair to them. That He will not reward them. That He will punish them without reason. فَلَا يَخَافُ بَخْسًا وَلَا رَهَقًا Now this is something we need to ask ourselves. When I am doing something for the sake of Allah, then what do I feel in my heart? Do I expect good from Allah? What kind of thoughts do I have about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because shaitan threatens us, right? You will do this, life will become difficult. You will do this, Allah won't help you. No, if you're doing something for the sake of Allah, expect only good from Allah. Then the jinn say, وَأَنَّا مِنَّ الْمُسْلِمُونَ And that indeed amongst us are al-Muslimun, Those who have surrendered to Allah. Those who are in submission to Allah. Meaning those who have believed. وَمِنَّ الْقَاسِطُونَ And among us are also qasitun, Those who are unjust. Now qasitun is a plural of Qasit. And Qasit is from the root Qaf Sinta. Can you think of another word from the same root? Qist. And what does Qist mean? Justice. And here we're translating Qasit as who? What's the translation of this word? Those who are unjust. Now, isn't that kind of opposite? Qist is justice. So you would think that Qasit, Fa'il, would be one who does justice. Correct? Now the thing is that qasata yaqsutu from the same root means to act unjustly. So this is a characteristic within Arabic words that how one root will give the exact opposite meanings depending on the structure of the word. This is why it is said that Arabic is lughatul adudad, adudad, alif, dad, dal, alif, dal. Opposites. Meaning one word can give the exact opposite meaning. Depending on what the structure is. Okay? So, وَمِنَّ الْقَاسِطُونَ قَاسِطُونَ Those who do not do qist. Meaning those who do not act justly. What is justice? And why is this word used? Because what is justice? What is fairness? What is correctness for a creation? To submit to his Lord. Isn't it? So when he does not submit to his Lord, then what is he doing? He's being unfair to himself. You understand? He's far from fairness and justice. So وَأَنَّا مِنَّ الْمُسْلِمُونَ وَمِنَّ الْقَاسِطُونَ Isn't this like a repetition of what was said previously? It seems like it, but if you see, earlier they said, كُنَّا طَرَائِقَ قِدَدًا Meaning jinn are of different ways, different religions, they have different creeds, different beliefs. Hmm? 
Meaning all the jinn are not exactly the same. Then they're talking about themselves. That when we heard the Qur'an, we believed in it. So after the revelation of the Qur'an, now there are those who are Muslim, those who have submitted and believed in Allah, and they have followed the Messenger wasallam. And then there are those who are qasitun, who have refused to believe, so they are unjust to themselves. They are harming themselves by rejecting Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. فَمَنْ أَسْلَمَ But whoever submits, whoever surrenders to his Lord, فَأُولَٰئِكَ Then those تَحَرَّوْ رَشَدًا Then those have sought out the right course. تَحَرَّوْ رَشَدًا You see the word تَحَرَّوْ from حَا رَا وَاو or يَا تَحَرِّي تَحَرِّي is to look for the best and most suitable option. To look for what? The best and most suitable option. And to keep searching for it until one finds it. And then once he finds it, he doesn't say, oh nice. No, he adopts it. He takes it. This is tahari. So tahari is basically to not settle with less. You understand? To not settle with less. To not compromise. To keep searching until you find what is best. And then once you find it, you actually adopt it. You take it. The talibul haq, the one who is seeking the truth, then what does he do? He seeks it out. He doesn't settle with anything less. Look at the story of Salman al-Farisi. His life was what? A life of tahari, of searching the truth, looking for it. And then once he found it, he adopted it. And look at what he had to give up in order to find the truth and in order to adopt it. How much he had to struggle. You know the story of Salman al-Farisi, right? His duty was what? To keep the fire lit. The fire that was worshipped by the people. That was his job. And one day when he goes out, he comes across a group of Christians who are singing their hymns. And he found it beautiful. And he found it very meaningful. He liked it. So he would secretly go and attend those gatherings. And then what happened? His father locked him up in the house. When he found out that his son is interested in something else, he locked him up. And then he found about a group of people who were traveling, and he managed to escape with them. He left his family in order to join those who he thought were upon the truth. And then from there, he went to priest after priest, or bishop after bishop. Right? This is the Harri. And then, what happened? When his last teacher died, he told him, I don't find anyone else who is upon the religion, so you have to go to a place that is such and such and wait for the final messenger to come. He is coming very soon. And so he wanted to go to Medina. And what happened? The people that he was traveling with, they basically sold him as a slave. That is how he ended up in Medina. And he wasn't a young man by then. He was quite old. He was quite old. We think Salman al-Farisi was a very young man. You know, this is why he had the strength to travel and work as a slave and then, you know, give the idea of digging the trenches. Some have said at the time of the Battle of Khandal, he was about a hundred years of age. 
Yes. Some have said that this is how old he was at that time. Allahu A'lam, but he was advanced in age. But what is his life? Not settling with less. Taharri. Searching out the truth. What do we wait for? Guidance to fall on our laps. Right? That if I want to learn the Qur'an, it should come like this. I want to learn the hadith, it should come like this. And you know, when I'm free, then I will learn something. When I'm completely free, then I will go and do something. تَحَرَّوا رَشَدًا فَمَنْ أَسْلَمَ Whoever believes in Allah and surrenders to Him, then those have sought out Rashad. What is Rashad? Right course, right guidance. So we all need to see that how well or how strongly do I desire guidance? Because you see, when we come across, for example, a person who has converted to Islam, we say, oh wow, mashallah, that's amazing. But do you realize how much they have given up in order to embrace Islam? Firstly, they have conquered themselves by admitting that they were wrong all their life. They were not upon the truth. تَحَرَّوا rashada. And then we need to see ourselves that what am I doing in seeking the truth, in adopting the truth, in living it, in practicing it. How much effort am I putting in? How am I striving? فَأُولَٰئِكَ تَحَرَّوا rashada. وَأَمَّا الْقَاسِطُونَ They say as for the unjust, meaning those who refuse to accept Islam. فَكَانُوا لِجَهَنَّمَ حَطَبًا Those who refuse to surrender to Allah, then they will be لِجَهَنَّمْ for hell, حَطَب Firewood, fuel, حَطَبًا حَطَب is dry wood and things like that that is used to light fire. وَمْرَأَتُهُ حَمَّالَةُ الْحَطَبُ What does this ayah show us? That apart from the unjust humans, even the unjust jinn will become the fuel of the fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says now, وَأَن and that, لَوْ if, meaning, and say, O Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that if, اِسْتَقَامُوا عَلَى الطَّرِيقَةِ Istaqamu. If the people had istaqamu upon the way. Istaqamu, what does that mean? Remember the two meanings of istiqama? What's the first meaning? To become upright. To correct oneself. To become straight. Mean literally to become straight. Because qama, to stand. So something was laying down, it was bent, it was crooked. So istiqama is to? Make it straight, to make it upright. So, istiqamu, meaning had they corrected themselves. Meaning when they heard the guidance, when they heard the Qur'an, if they had corrected themselves, secondly, istiqama is also to remain steadfast. Meaning once a person becomes upright, then he doesn't, fall back down again. Rather he remains steadfast and firm. Remains upon the right course. So, وَأَلَّوْا اِسْتَقَامُوا عَلَى الطَّرِيقَةِ If they had remained straight upon the way, which way? طَرِيقُ huda, The right path, the right guidance. Then what would happen? لَأَسْقَيْنَاهُمْ Surely we would have given them to drink. أَسْقَيْنَا Seen Qafiyah. 
to give to drink, to irrigate, to provide water. So we would have given them water. How much? How? Ma'an ghadaqa. Water that is ghadaq. That is abundant. Ghadaq means kathir. Ample. In profusion. What is this ayah talking about? Remember this is an early Meccan surah. And when the Prophet ﷺ recited the Qur'an to the people, what was their response? Of rejection. Here the example of the jinn is given. That how this group of jinn, when they heard, they believed. They submitted. And they have discovered and they are upon the right course. So they are as if presented like an example. The Prophet ﷺ is told that if the people, meaning the Meccans, if they had believed and followed the guidance given to them, then we would give them abundant water. What does that mean? We would have given them abundant water to drink. I mean, how much water can you drink? Ma'an ghadaq. You see, what it means is ample provision. Because when there is rain, there is produce. There is food. There is commerce. There is income. Right? And when there is no rain, there is drought, then what happens? No produce, no farming, no jobs. Right? No workers, nothing to sell, nothing to buy. Isn't it? Food becomes so expensive. What happens when there is drought? Many issues. So, ma'an ghadaqa is not just a lot of rain or a lot of water to drink, but it symbolizes worldly provision. And the meaning here is that if people believed in the Qur'an and followed it the way they should follow it, then Allah would not deprive them. Allah would bless them abundantly in this world also. He would enrich them. He would bless them with abundant blessings. Again, this is a reiteration of what was mentioned earlier, that how the jinn said that whoever believes in his Lord, فَلَا يَخَافُ بَخْسًا He should not fear any bakhs from his Lord. Allah will not deprive him. Because these are our fears, right? That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded this, and if I do it, I'm going to lose my job. If I do this, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. No. You are drawing closer to the Lord of the worlds. And if you're pleasing Him, the one who gives all blessings, the one who has created everything, you fear deprivation from Him? This is wrong. Just the other day, I was at somebody's house and somebody was with me and they were appreciating the layout of the house and they said, you know, the house looks very nice, beautiful, mashallah. And the lady said that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this to us. She said, I didn't have to do anything haram, anything unlawful to get this house. We had no ability to get this ourselves. Only Allah gave it. Only Allah gave it. And this is true. That when you take one step to Allah, Allah will take, Allah will take ten steps towards you. You make up your mind. You become determined. Istiqama. That I will do this because my Lord wants me to do it. This is what pleases my Lord. And I will leave this because this angers my Lord. What does Allah promise? لَأَسْقَيْنَاهُمْ مَا أَنْ غَدَقَ We would give them abundant 
water, abundant blessings. But this blessing would also be what? لِنَفْتِنَهُمْ فِيهِ Amazing. لِنَفْتِنَهُمْ So we may test them. فِيهِ They're in, in it. Meaning through that ma and غَدَق there would be another test. Isn't it? I mean, increase obedience, Allah will increase His favors. But you know what? Those favors, what you receive is what? Another test. How is it another test? A test of what? That will you be grateful or will you become ungrateful? Will you continue in your obedience? Or will you become relaxed? Will you use these blessings to draw even more closer to Allah? Or will you get lost in these blessings? لِنَفْتِنَهُمْ فِيهِ This will also be a test. وَمَنْ يُعْرِضْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ رَبِّهِ and as for the one who turns away from the remembrance of his Lord. Remembrance of his Lord, the message of his Lord, he turns away from it. What does it mean? He forgets it after learning it. He denies it upon becoming aware of it. Whoever ignores it, leaves it, refuses obedience, then what will happen? Yes, look who. Will he get ma'an ghadaq? Not necessarily. No. But what is certain is that yes, look who. He will put him, meaning Allah will put this person into what? Into عذاباً sa'ada, Into a punishment that is sa'ad. Sa'ad. Hard. Difficult. Severe. Sa'ad عين دال. Su'ud is to ascend. Right? To rise. So عذاباً sa'ad meaning a punishment that will only increase. A punishment that will be increasingly hard. Over time it won't get easy. It will become harder. What is being mentioned in these two verses? That when a person becomes obedient to Allah, it doesn't mean that he will suffer in this world. Yes, there are tests, there are trials. But when a person becomes obedient to Allah, then Allah will bless him. Allah will enrich him. Allah will give him. But what Allah will give him will again be a test for him. Like Sulaiman alayhi salam said, هَذَا مِنْ فَضْلِ رَبِّي لِيَبْلُوَنِي أَأَشْكُرُ أَمْ This is the blessing of my Lord so that he may test me whether I am grateful or I will be ungrateful. But the one who turns away from obedience, then what? Will he get Worldly ease? No, not necessarily. In fact, life will be very difficult for him. It will not be a pleasant life. There will be difficulty. And in the hereafter, there is adab and sa'ad. What do we think? What do we think generally? That if you become religious, life will become hard. Right? And if you just, you know, stay away from religion, you know, just do the bare minimum, Take it easy. Life will be easy. But is that the case? No. Ease is not with things. It is not with money. Remember the hadith. Hadith Qudsi in which we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, O son of Adam, تَفَرَّغْ لِعِبَادَتِي Make time for my worship. Become free from my worship. And if you do so, I will fulfill your needs and fill your heart with richness. And remove your poverty. And if you do not do so, you're too busy chasing the world, then what will happen? Your poverty will not go away. And your work will never end. 
and your heart will never feel satisfied. So the thing is that when a person chooses a path of obedience, then Allah creates ease for him. And when a person chooses a path of disobedience, then what happens? The difficulties of this life won't go away. You know like we talk about first world problems, what are they? What are first world problems? I ate so much, now I don't know which tea to have. Right? And I had tea and then I want a mint, but that mint is making me feel weird, so I'm thinking I'll have chocolate, but which one? This one, that one, that one. Right? These are our first world problems. Just the other day I was talking to somebody and she was talking about you know some difficulty that she was having. She's like, you know, you think about so many people who are suffering so much right now, and here we are living in so much ease. So if I am suffering from some illness, well, I have to be tested in some way. There is going to be some test, some difficulty, because this is life, this is dunya. This is the home of being tested. So the thing is that refusing obedience to Allah will not make life easy for you. Rejecting Allah's command will not make life easy for you. It is obedience to Allah that will create and bring ease in your life. When you entrust your affairs to Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates ease for you. وَمَن يُعْرِضْ عَن ذِكْرِ رَبِّهِ يَسْلُكْهُ عَذَابًا صَعَدًا Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said that Sa'ad is a slippery mountain in hell, which the people of hellfire will climb, but due to its slipperiness, they will fall. So they'll be made to climb, but they will keep falling. This is عَذَابَ sa'ada. And you see something very similar in this world. That how when a person badly desires something, he strives, he works so hard to get it, but it's always out of reach. Always. He thinks he's almost there, but need a little bit more. Almost there, no, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. No satisfaction. In Surah Taha, Ayah 124, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِ فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ A difficult life. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ayah 66, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ أَقَامُوا التَّوْرَاةَ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ لَأَكَلُوا مِنْ فَوْقِهِمْ وَمِنْ تَحْتِ أَرْجُلِهِمْ If the people had upheld the laws of the scripture that were revealed to them, then these people would eat from above and below. Meaning risk, worldly provisions would come to them from where? From everywhere. So many blessings that they wouldn't know what to do with them. In Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 96, Allah says, وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَهْلَ الْقُرَىٰ آمَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْا لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ if the people of the cities had believed and feared Allah, we would have opened the doors of blessings of the sky and the earth. Gates of blessings would be opened up on them. In Surah Nuh, Ayah 10 also, what did we learn? Nuh salam said, Seek forgiveness from your Lord. He is ever forgiving. He will send upon you the sky with abundant rain. So what do we learn? Obedience is a means of blessing. And disobedience and denial are a means of deprivation. And what does shaitan say to us? الشَّيْطَانُ يَعِدُكُمُ الْفَقْرَ Shaitan says, you do something for Allah, you'll become poor. No, you won't become poor. 